0: Ezra chapter 6, verse number 13. Thank you for standing to reverence the word of God. The Bible said, Then Tatnai, governor on this side of the river, and Shethar, Boznai, and their companions, according to that which Darius the king had sent, so they did speedily. And the elders of the Jews built it, and they prospered through the prophesying of Haggai the prophet, And Zechariah, the son of Ido. And they built it and finished it according to the commandment of the Lord God of Israel. And according to the commandment of Cyrus and Darius uh, and Artaxerxes, king of Persia. And this house was finished on the third day of the month Adar which was in the sixth year of the reign of Darius the king. Let's go to Lord a word of prayer. Dear Lord, most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, I love you so much, Lord. Thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to be in your house once again. God, how grateful and thankful we are to be the children of the Most High God. And I pray this morning you would help us set the world aside for a little while. Lord, uh, today, a day in which we eat, God, I pray we'd set our appetites to the side. And God, we would just for a few moments, Lord, glean uh, from your word and hear from heaven. I pray, God, you would speak to hearts, God, as only you can do. Uh, Lord, I, I know this message you've given me, the subject matter, God. And if it will uh, find root in someone's heart, God, it can bring forth fruit, abundant fruit. But, God, I pray, Lord, that each person would be receptive to the Word of God. And I pray, Lord, you would challenge our hearts, help us grow in your Word. We love you and we thank you. ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You might be seated. Thank you for standing to reverence the Word of the Lord. Amen. Uh, we find here in verse 13, 14, and 15, we find the uh, culmination of last week's letter when King Darius re- t- re- made a response letter to Tatnai, the governor, on that side of the river of what he was to do uh, to accommodate the uh, Jews there in Jerusalem who are in process of rebuilding the temple and we've looked at that many times throughout the book of ezra rebuilding the temple and they started and they stopped and they started again and then someone stopped them y'all hearing what i'm saying this morning they it was an ongoing process there but brother brandon they had begun the task but with god's help this morning i want to preach on what they did and they finished the task finished the task it'd be one thing to start a job but we must uh, finish it for it to count uh, it wouldn't look real good if you cut half the yard Come on, buddy. you got to cut the whole yard amen, amen. Oh, i did half the homework no you do all of the homework are y'all with me this morning could you imagine a football team I, sometimes i believe the atlanta falcons do this but they play one half you don't play one half you play the whole game that's why the football players at the end of the game they do this Four quarters. The game's four quarters. you got to play the whole game. And with God's help this morning, I want to preach on that subject. Finish the task. Finish the task. In verse number 13, we find, first of all, the Bible said, Then Tatnai, governor on this side of the river, uh, and Sheethar-Bozni, and their companions, according to that which Darius the king had sent, So they did speedily. First thing we want to notice when we look at the subject, finish the task. Let us notice the preparations for finishing the task. The preparations for finishing the task or uh, the preparations for crossing the finish line. Preparations for finishing the task. And can I say this morning, uh, as well as in any event of life, there are preparations be made. Uh, could you imagine? Y'all seen them people ride down the road showing off, and they got that thirteen one sticker on their car. Or twenty six two sticker on their car. You know what that that thirteen one and that twenty six two means? If that thirteen one means they they ran a half marathon, and if they uh, got a twenty six two, that means they ran a full marathon. And I say kudos to them, but they don't have to show off. All right, I'm just kidding, Amen. But you know what? You don't just you can go. And say, I want to run a mile today. You could have never ran before, and you could say, I can go run a mile. Can I tell you? You can't just take out and run twenty six miles if you don't train for it. Amen. Somebody says I want to be a, a triathlete. And uh, listen, uh, kudos to them. I see them people uh, uh, out there training down at the beach and they're training, they're swimming in shark infested waters. Whether you know it or not, the ocean is full of sharks and they're out there swimming. But you know what, you don't become a triathlete by just saying, you know what, I'm going to do it today. I've never rode a bike any distance. I've never ran any distance and I've never swam in rough water. No, you train, you prepare. That's the same thing we're seeing here. There were some preparations for finishing the task. Before the things could be completed on the back end, some things had to be done on the front end. Preparation, and I say this in anything in life, preparation is key. Uh, Some people like to, I I guess the terminology, I hope this is an okay phrase to use, but some people just like to fly by the seat of their pants, amen? They just like to uh, uh, wing it. Can I tell you, preparation is key. And when we're talking about finishing the task, there had to be some preparations made. And uh, while we could emphasize this morning that we need to prepare, and I do say in the the spiritual walk, we need to prepare. That's not the emphasis of the text this morning. Verse 13 doesn't tell about uh, Zerubbabel and those elders preparing. It tells about Darius making preparations. And while we should be prepared to serve the Lord, can I tell us this morning what we should rejoice in and be thankful in is while we should be prepared, our Lord has made preparations for you and for me. Somebody say amen this morning. I'm thankful that we have a God who is fully invested in this task that we have. What is that task? Can I just go and spoil it this morning? You're here and you're welcome to Christian But the devil would love nothing more for you to be walking today and not walking tomorrow. The goal is is not to, well, he served God many years or or she served God many years. The end of the the thing should be she served God her whole life. He served God his whole life. We don't just want to start walking with the Lord. We want to walk our whole lives for the Lord. One must prepare before any project or any activity... And if you've ever done a project or an activity, you know that's the truth. there must be some preparation made. The difference here is it's not the ones who were going to be doing the building made the preparations. It was the one who uh, saw to it that the uh, saw to it that the, uh, the let me say that again it wasn't the ones who were actually going to do the building that made preparations. it was the one who was sitting on the throne. Who made preparations? Amen. Darius made provisions for uh, them to finish what they've started. And the Lord, the King, he's made provisions for you and I and is ever working behind the scenes for us to finish what we have started. You know what's so sad? I, I've been trying to reflect over this past week and particularly this morning, and I'm going to take time to say it again. When I, for, when I was a young I'm still young, but when I was even a younger man, uh, there was many young men who I went to youth meetings with and revivals and camps, and, and we were all on fire for the Lord, and we was trying to be a light in our community. We were just on fire for God. We'd worship at the drop of the hat, and we would drop the hat. Can I tell you today, most of them aren't even in church today. Y'all hear me? It ain't nothing about me. Yeah. Come on. There's friends that I've started with that they're not in the ministry anymore. Right. They've given up on their ministry. They've given up on their Lord. They've given up on their spouses. They've given up on their children. But hear me on. this morning. It just, for to be a good father, you can't say, well, he was a good father for the only year he was in my life. Oh, you say he a good father. Unless death takes someone. If, you, if somebody says a good parent, they've got to be there for the duration of the childhood. Yeah. Well, Amen. I probably wasn't a popular statement, but it's the truth. we got to go the distance as a child of God. we got to finish the job, finish the task, and complete our assignment. we got to finish the work that we've started. Uh, there, uh, I, I, I think we've probably all dealt with this before, but we, so maybe you get started on one project, and then you get sidetracked with another project. And then you get going on that project, you get distracted on another project. And I tell you, the devil would love nothing more to distract each and every one of us from uh, being on this on this track, on this path. He would want us to get started on another way. I'm going to tell you, there are some things you can do uh, multitasking. Can I tell you, you cannot walk with the world and walk with God at the same time. You've got to finish the job. You've started walking with the Lord, finish the job, walk with the Lord all the way home. We see the preparations for finishing the task. But in verse 14, we see the blueprints for finishing the task. Look at the Bible said. And the elders of the Jews builded, and they prospered through the prophesying of Haggai the prophet, and Zechariah the son of uh, Edo. And they built it and finished it according to the commandment of God, the God of Israel, and according to the commandment of Cyrus and Darius and Artaxerxes, king of Persia. The blueprints for finishing the task. The blueprints for crossing the finish line. Notice, first of all, in verse 14, one of the blueprints is their pivotal deed. Look what the Bible says, y'all. Look, this is real deed. And the elders of the Jews build it. What was their job? To build. Right. To rebuild the temple. Right. Now, if you're going to do, if you're going if, to, if we're going to finish the task God has for us, first thing we've got to do is start the task. I know that's not real, that's not real impressive, but it's the truth of the gospel this morning. Uh, we don't, if you're going to finish your life walking with the Lord, you first got to take the step and start walking with the Lord. Their pivotal deed, they build it, they committed to do, they committed to continue. And I've said this before, and I'm probably not the best candidate to say this, but I'll give some uh, uh, varying applications. You say, well, I want to be healthier. Well, you don't start next week, you start today. I want to start exercising. Don't start next week. Start today. Y'all hear me? I want to uh, get my finances in order. Don't say, well, I'll start next year. Start today. Because if you wait until January 1 to get your finances in order, you'll dig yourself a digger hole if you wait until January 1. You start today. There must be a commitment in your mind and in your heart that you are going to walk with God, you're going to serve God, and you're going to do his bidding. You say, I'm not following you, Brother Jacob. Uh, Can I give you a good example of this? In Daniel chapter number 1, we find a young man named Daniel who's been uprooted uh, uh, from his homeland and taken into captivity in Babylon for all extensive purposes. Both of Daniel's parents were killed. Killed. His his parents most likely were killed and he was taken into Babylon. And one thing they did when they took people captive, they made sure that that their seeds died with them. I know you say this, I'll give you the biblical word, they were made eunuchs. Both of his parents are dead. He's been made a eunuch. He's a teenage boy in Babylon. Y'all with me? Come on. And it, all, everybody else, the king said, hey, why don't y'all, y'all can eat my food? And Daniel said, no, 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 we're not going to eat the king's food. Right. The Bible said, Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat. Right. He said, what's, what's, what, why are you saying all that, Brother Jacob? you got to decide to walk with God whether mom and dad are around. That's right, you got to decide uh, to walk with God regardless of what what the circumstances you've been dealt. Amen. Amen you got to decide to walk with God whether nobody else is walking with God or not. You must decide mama wasn't there, daddy wasn't there, he had been dealt a bad circumstance. Everybody else but him and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are eating the meat provided them of the king. You must purpose in your heart today that you're either going to start or you are going to continue walking this life for the Lord. Can I tell you there's many things you can multitask at but you cannot walk. For God and the devil at the same time That's right. I tried, I've tried it. listen to me, I have tried doing that very thing, walking for the Lord and walking the devil at the same time, most miserable time of my life. Yes, sir. God was calling me to preach, but I Miss Christie, I didn't want to be a preacher. I wanted to run from it as fast as I could. And I didn't want to be a preacher. I didn't want to be different. I enjoyed my life. I enjoyed the popularity that I had, surprisingly. And I was just enjoying it. And you said, you know what? I'm going to run from that call. I'll still go to church. But I'm going to do my own thing. And trying to serve God and the devil, walk with God and the devil, was the most depressing time of my life. As an eighth grader, I didn't even know if I wanted to live any longer. Come on, preacher. You cannot walk with God and the devil at the same time. You've got to choose who you're going to walk after. You don't decide next week, next month, next year. You decide here and now who you're going to walk for. They committed to do. They committed to continue. Before you finish something, you have to start it. Amen. You've got to start it. And if you're going to finish something... You have to continue on their pivotal deed. Number two, we see in the blueprints not on their pivotal deed, but we see their healthy diet. Now, I know I'm not the expert to talk about healthy diets. Amen. And we joked about this recently, but Macy's on the keto diet and I'm on the Cheeto diet. Amen. And uh, amen. And, uh, y'all like that. That's good. Amen. Uh, I want a seafood diet, I see food and I eat it, amen. And they said, says, well, you could lose weight if you just cut out this, this, and this. What's the point of living if I can't be happy, amen? And original recipe Coca-Cola makes me happy, alright? Amen. And uh, studies say them diet drinks aren't good for your brain anyway. I'll just throw that out there. Amen. Uh, the, the, the regular ones may not be good for anything, but the, at least the diet ones aren't good for your brain, alright? But they're healthy diet. What, Brother Jacob, what's the blueprint of finishing the task? They're pivotal to but their healthy diet look what the bible said and they prospered through the prophesying of haggai the prophet and Zechariah the son of edo their healthy diet what what were they consuming or ingesting or partaking in uh, as they were rebuilding the temple that helped them finish the temple they had themselves a heavy dose of the word of god Amen. Now i'm going to say something most uh, most, uh, an average Christian don't don't recognize this, but I'm going to say something. And maybe this is a truth. Maybe you already know this or maybe this is a truth bomb for you. This word of God is the, very, is the very substance of spiritual food. You can't go to the spiritual golden corral because there ain't one. The spiritual golden corral is the Bible. That's it. This is your only food source is the Bible and things that are based on the Bible. That's it. Y'all with me? Yes. You may find spiritual snacks that are littered with things from the Bible, but our main food source as a child of God is the Word of God. And what helped them prosper along the way was the preaching or the prophesying of Haggai and Zechariah. And there are some people who believe that they can come to church on a Sunday morning, and they can hear one message, and they can receive one meal, and then they're good to be spiritually fed for the week. There you go, you don't get to eat... You, one meal a week will keep you starved. Yes, sir. Can y'all agree with me on that this morning? Some people say, well, I only eat one meal a day. Well, okay. Some people say, well, I only eat two meals a day. Okay. Some, but most of us probably eat three meals a day. But you don't just do that once a week. You do that every day. Amen. Y'all with me? Amen. You got to have more than one meal to survive physically. And I'll tell you, you got to have one, more than one meal spiritually. Get one message on Sunday morning, maybe one message on Sunday night, maybe one message on Wednesday night, and I'm good. You know, all people like this. Nobody's told me this. I I hope nobody ever does. But if anybody ever makes this statement to to me, just be prepared. I got an answer prepared. Somebody says, "I ain't getting fed down at the church." I, nobody's ever said. I don't really want anybody to. But if somebody says, "I'm not getting fed at that church," this is what I would say. Well, have you come to every service we've offered? Have you came to every feeding we provided? And are you feeding yourself at home? I, I don't just eat. I don't just eat physical food on Sunday. So I'm not just going to eat spiritual food on Sunday. But you know what? Hear me, hear me. Listen to me. me. You're the, your the pastor. It's not just because I'm a pastor. It's because I'm a Christian. I get a dose of the, I get a dose of the Word of God before I come to church. I get a dose of the Word of God while I'm at church. And then on Monday I get a dose of the Word of God. And then on Tuesday I get a dose of the Word of God. And on Wednesday I get a dose of the Word of God. And then I come on Wednesday night and get a dose of the Word of God. And on Thursday and on Friday, on Saturday, every day of your life, how, how am I going to finish for the Lord? How am I am I going to uh, reach the finish line? How am I going to uh, walk the rest of my life for Jesus? You get in on this healthy diet and partake of the Word of God. I, can I take, give you an example? There are some people, and I was one of them, and all I, I had Sunday religion. I went to Sunday school because I was a kid. I went to Sunday morning because I was a kid. I went to Sunday night because I was a kid. And any special service I had, I went to because I was a kid. My parents took me to church. I had a drug problem when I was a kid. My parents right. drugged right. me to church. Amen. Amen. Some of y'all picked that up later. Amen. But the truth of the matter is, is this. As God started working in my life, and uh, Brother Thomas, I didn't know anything about the Word of God. And I started trying to talk to other people about the things of God. And one thing I realized is there was people who were trained to manipulate Scripture better than I actually knew the Scripture. I was spiritually anemic, and I had been saved for seven years. Seven years. And I was a spiritual babe. I've been saved for seven years, and listen to me. My spiritual condition was no older than baby Jack over there. Come on! I was a spiritual babe. Yep. You know what? So somebody finally said, "You need to be reading your Bible." That's right? Amen. And you know, I started to start reading my Bible. I started learning things about God. And you know what? I've never had a problem with natural food sticking to my bones, but if I began to read the Word of God, that spiritual food began to stick to my bones. And this is this, in this world, this day and age, we live fat's bad and skinny's good or fit's good, but can I tell you, according to the Word of God, not physical fatness, but spiritual fatness is a blessing. We need to be spiritually fat. Amen. And how do you get it? You've got to have that healthy diet and eat and consume and ingest and appreciate the Word of God. Amen. They needed the Lord to help sustain them as they worked. A routine regimen of God's Word was necessary fuel for them as they worked. Now you can go in any, 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 any direction you want to with this, but can I just throw this out here? Uh, you could sit at a desk all day, not minimizing that, but you could sit at a desk all day on very little sustenance. But I'm telling you, you go out and you're working in the hot sun and you're living hefty, heavy things and you're laboring, it, I mean, like hard physical labor, you better have some, Brother Ed, you better have something in the tank to help fuel you through the day. And I tell you, spiritually speaking, we need that healthy diet to help fuel us through the days and the weeks and the months, and the years, and all the hard seasons that come in life. You say, well, I'll just have hard seasons because I'm a Christian. No, no, no. If you, The reason people, you know why we have hard times? Y'all listen, don't miss. You know why you have difficult times, and you face things, and there's times you're upset, and there's times you're angry? It's not because you're a Christian, or you're trying to walk for God. No, it's called being alive. That's right. If you're alive, you're going to have problems. But the difference in us and other alive people is we get to walk with the Lord. And he helps us through their pivotal deed, their healthy diet. Uh, lastly, we see their supreme duty. Look what the Bible said, verse 14. It said they they builded, it, they prospered through the prophesying, and they built it and finished it. What was their supreme duty? It wasn't just to start it. It wasn't just to continue at it. Brother Brandon, their responsibility was to finish it. They didn't just start it. They actually had to get after it and get it done. Starting something and not finish it, finishing it sets a negative principle. It is detrimental to our lives and the lives of those around us and our testimonies to make God big in one season and to make God small in another season. Let me say that again. It is detrimental to our lives and our testimonies to make God real big here and they make God real small here. Amen. God's my everything because cancer. Come on. And then God gets real small in remission. Right. Right. That's a bad testimony. Yes, I'll tell you with the Lord, if you only praise Him in, in, the, in the bad times and you quit praising Him in the good times, God will help you make sure you stay in the rain. Just going to throw that out there. If, you can, if, you only, if you're only close to God when it rains and you forget God in the sunshine, He's going to make sure it keeps raining. All right, but that's a different message for a different day. It's detrimental to make God, his house, his work, and our walk with him big in one season. And then to make it small, his work, his house, his people, our walk with him in another season. Can I tell you what that is? God's real big here. And then a month later, he's not big. For two years, God is the greatest thing. He's the Lord of my life. He's my shepherd, Miss Judy. He's the greatest thing here. And then two years later, hmm, we don't well, maybe go to Easter. That's a hypocrite. Amen. That's a hypocrite. Amen. And that's all that it is to those around us when we make God big. Can I tell you, there, there's t- there are really two options. You either live a life where you make God big and you keep him Presently big, perpetually big, or you let God be small and you keep Him small because it is a bad testimony to the world for you to say, God's great, God's the best, God is ruling my life. And then two weeks later, you're ruling your own life. it's be better to... Whatever size you're going to make God, keep it that way. The right answer is to make God big. And there's, there, I, I'll give you this example. There's something... There is a, a a burden on my life, my, my boys. They're, thank God. I'm thank God. I hope you got this testimony. Thank God. Me and Macy been serving God. The Tanner and check, they don't. They're not going to remember anything other than mom and dad serving God. Praise God. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. But if we quit. If we were to go our whole life serving God, Brother Ed, me and Miss May Hawks whole way, our boys when we die, they would say, Mom and Dad serve God our whole lives. Good. But if we stop if if we listen to me, if we serve God for sixty years and we live sixty-two years, it's gonna be two years mom and dad quit on God. It'd be they served God most of our life. They love God most and it's not necessarily service, but it'd be they walked with God most no. of our life and he said well, that's a good testimony no because no. he didn't finish amen. and i'm not t- i'm not staying in a position because uh lord i i would love for the lord to I, for me to be pastor in this church when god calls me home uh or calls the church home amen uh but the reality of the matter is if life carries on i, I i'm not going to pastor here forever what? i mean i make it i don't know that i'm not putting age on it but there might come a time I have to re- resign or retire when I'm an old man. But well, that's, not, that's, not the, that's not a failure to finish there. But whether I'm pastoring or not, whether I'm here or not, I've got to keep walking with God. i got to finish. Amen. Finish what I started. Amen. When we make God big in one area and small in another area in one season, then another season, what does this show our spouses What does this teach our children? What does this testify to those around us? I had to seek permission from the Lord to use this example, but I'm going to use it. Many years ago, a man told me that he stopped trying, that he stopped caring with his two youngest children. Say it again. I could take you to where I was and to where he was I can show you exactly where we were sitting, who was around the table. And Brother Eddie said, You get to the point where you just stop trying. Stop caring. Comparing some of his children, raised them a certain way, and his other children he raised a different way. And he said, You get to the point where you just stop caring. You just stop trying. This man plainly told me, openly told me, that he stopped trying to instill the things of God into his children. The defense could be, well, i served God for 20 years. What about the next 20 years? Wow. That's right. Well, I was on fire in God when they were children, but where are you now that they're adults? That's right. Amen, amen, amen. That's good preaching. He stopped trying to steal the things of God into his children. And he openly said that. I would be afraid God would kill me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I worked real hard to show Tanner the way, but Casey and Jack going to have to wing it. I would be fearful that God would kill me. Right. I'd stop, stop caring, stop trying. The well, little backhanded truth in that is, does he care about the other two children than he does the others? If the things of God are important to that, the, first, the first half, the things of God aren't important to the second half, does so he care about the top half more than does the second half? I don't know. It's sad. He stopped trying to steal the things of God into his children. And the consequences of his sad statement are still at work in the lives of those children today. He stopped trying. He stopped caring. Can I tell you what he did? He quit on God. And the evident fruit of his decision are his sad, uh, is his sad life and those of his children. He stopped caring in formidable years and because he didn't care. His kids didn't care. Right. And he would quit walking with God and his kids never walked with God. Well, I, I did my time. You can do time in a church or ministry, but you can't do... Well, I did my time, I'm done serving the Lord. There's no time to retire. You can't quit walking with God. Andre, we can't just start walking with God and walk for God for our best years and quit at the tail end. You got to keep walking with God. We must finish what we have started. Preparations for finishing the task, the blueprints for finishing the task, and I'm done with this. Verse 15. And this house was finished on the third day of the month. Adar, which was in the sixth year of the reign of Darius the king. We see the preparations for the finishing the task. We see the blueprints for finishing the task. But I want to close with this. We see the accomplishment of finishing the task. The accomplishment of crossing the finish line they did it yes. brother bill they did it yes. I, I didn't i didn't refresh myself on the timeline but i think that the from the palm, their initial return from captivity under cyrus to the time that they actually i think that span was 30 years they had been re- been relocated back to Jerusalem. They'd been there for some time. They had, they had mulled over it. Maybe they had laid the foundation. Opposition came. They started it again. Tat and I started pouting. And they are waiting on a return letter from the king. And they finally get the approval, Brother Ray, that they need. And Darius says, finish it. Let them finish it. Help them along the way. And Brother Bill said of Just talking about it. And receiving decrees about it. They put... Their tools to the job, they put their hands to the job, they jumped right in the fire and they finished the task. They did it. They didn't just talk about it, they did it. They finished. They didn't just read a book on rebuilding structures, they actually rebuilt the structure. You can read books about walking with God. Fine, they may help you, but don't just read books about walking with God. Actually pick one foot up in front of the other and walk with God. You can read books about Christian service, and that will probably help you. But don't just read books about them. Uh, put yourself in the line of duty and serve the Lord Jesus. Are y'all with me today? They actually finished it. They reached the finish line. They finished it, and that's what we're supposed to do we're supposed to finish. They finished what the Lord had sent them to do. And you're here this morning, whether you realize it or not, we all got a job to do. We got a mission for the Lord and we better finish. They finished what they started in his name. It is one thing to start a house project and to not finish it. It might be a little lazy, but it's not necessarily a bad testimony in terms of eternity. But they finished what they started in his name. If you say God's led me down this path, you're not just quitting on people around you, you're quitting on Him. Amen. You say God burdened my heart about reading my Bible, and you quit reading the Bible, you're not just failing yourself and those around you, you're failing Him. Right, if God challenged me to have a prayer life, and you fail to pray, you're not just failing yourself and those around you, you're failing Him. Yeah. we got to finish what we started in His name. Right. They finished not only in His name, but they finished His way. They finish the right way. I tell you, there's a lot of people today who are telling you, well, you, I know the Bible says this, but you can really serve God this way, or you can really walk with God this way, or you can really have a relationship with God this way. Listen to me, listen to me, good. Listen, please listen to this. I don't want to take people's opinions about what they think God likes. I'd rather just go what the book says, God likes and God doesn't like. Right. Yeah. People got opinion on everything sure. But I'm not going to take man's words Over God's words sure. You can say Well I wonder if Brother Jacob likes Or I wonder if Brother Bill likes or, oh, You can just ask us right. But you know how you figure out what God likes And what God doesn't like You read his word Amen. Amen. What is acceptable for my life What's unacceptable for my life Just read the book right, man. Listen to his spirit He will hear you He will respond to you He will point you the right direction yeah. They reached the finish line. Let me say this. It was not easy. They reached the finish line. They crossed the finish line. They finished the task. They finished the job. But it was not easy. I'm sure mistakes were made. I'm sure setbacks took place. Frustration was felt. Opposition was reoccurring. But Brother Bill, they finished. Yes, sir. There's bumps and bruises along the way, but they finished. They reached the finish line. They crossed the finish line, and it was worth it. Let me say this. This is something the Lord wanted me to do here at the end of this message. We're talking about finishing the Christian walk. Just, you've got to keep doing it. It doesn't matter if you do it 99% of your life and you quit, and that final 1%, you've quit. Tarnished the Testimony. Are you with me? Yes, you gotta finish. Creation was finished according to Genesis 2:1. The tabernacle was finished according to Exodus 40:33. Solomon's temple was finished according to 1 Kings 9:1. The rebuilt temple was finished in our text, Ezra 6.15. The rebuilt wall was finished in Nehemiah 6.15. The ministry of Paul was finished in 2 Timothy 4. Seven. can I read you that verse Come on, Come on in. the apostle Paul at the very end of his life he's writing to young Timothy this is a personal personal epistle he's giving his brother Brand, he's giving his final commands to Timothy the young preacher Timothy I'm about to be gone but here's what God wants me to tell you and this is what he tells young Timothy I have fought a good fight I have finished my course I have kept the faith. Amen. I saw something the other day. I I, I I don't know the validity to it, but I saw that there was some uh, some some combat sport of some kind, and there was this there was this bad dude on the one corner. Brother Ed, he had like fifty knockouts or something like that. He just I mean that's one of them guys you got to carry a gun for him. Mean, he was a bad dude. You know what I'm saying? Amen. And they had this other guy coming. He looked real tough too. And he made it to the ring, stepped and looked at that guy. And he just turned around and walked away. They were scheduled to fight. They had signed a contract. There was money involved. He walked away because he didn't want to get entangled with that bad dude. Y'all hear me? Yeah, I fought tonight. No, you didn't. No. You didn't even get in the ring. You didn't even touch gloves. Well, could you imagine somebody throwing in the towel after the first round? They didn't fight the fight. They quit. You know, Paul said, I fought a good fight. Brother Ed, he went back out round after round after round. Nursed his wounds. Played it right. Y'all hearing me? He went out round after round. And you're in phase one. You got to make it through phase two and phase three and phase four. However long you live, you keep serving God, walking with God. You got to go through every phase. And when this thing's done, you'll be done. He fought a good fight. I finished my course. You say, well, Brother Jacob, uh, Paul didn't start right. I'm glad you said that. Paul didn't start right. But when he, God showed him he, was, he had started wrong, he got right. Amen. And then he finished right. How, how many years you've dedicated to the devil, quit giving them years to the devil and get on the path for the Lord Amen. and give him the rest of your life. Amen. He said, I've kept the faith. It would be better for my children for me to not know the lord on the front end and then me know it at the back end than for me to know the lord at the front end and then give up on god on the back end the best scenario is to start strong and finish strong but starting wrong and finishing right is better than starting strong and fizzling out yes sir miss macy would you come Let me say that one more time. The best scenario is to start strong and finish strong. But starting wrong and finishing right is better than starting strong and fizzling out. There's too much at stake in my life. And if you'll be honest with yourself in your life, for us to fizzle out on the thanks of God, we must finish we must go all the way. My ministry may not always be here. I pray that it is. Whether I'm here or you're here or we're in this capacity or that capacity or what my role, that's beside the point. My Christianity isn't based on a preacher or a place. Brother my faith's built on Him. And I want to keep preaching here I'm keep working here, but more importantly, I've got to keep walking for Him all the way. Will you finish the task? Are you going to meander around the starting line? Or are you going to press on towards the finish line? Let's stand to our feet this morning, and I'm done preaching.